Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Now that the elastic's gone, it's one size fits all. We've been talking about these gym shorts. There's no holes in them. Five years. They're the most comfortable gym shorts of all time. Why would I get rid of them? You spend time and energy and money to create the perfect vanity plate. It must be pretty frustrating. When nobody can figure out what it says. That's kind of what's going on with uh, our boss, our Bruce. Boss Bruce. You hear his voice on Life 107.1, and he's got a license plate that puzzles some people. It does, because... Okay, so Boss Bruce lived in New York, not the city, the state. Upstate New Upstate York. Upstate New York, all right? And so he has an affinity to a couple of teams from that area. He's the, a big fan of the Mets. The Mets. And the Bills. And the Bills. <laughs> So, in Iowa, you get seven letters on your license plate, and so he couldn't put Mets and Bills. So instead, he's got Mets and BLS. Mets, Bulls. And so everybody thinks that his license plate means... Meatballs. (laughs) But here's the thing. Bruce also really likes Italian food. (laughs) He does! So, doing double duty for you. Kelly, you have a vanity plate? I have a vanity plate, and the funniest part of my vanity plate is that it's a cyclone plate. And I graduated from there. My husband graduated from there. Guess how I got the plate? How? Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) You got a cyclone plate for Valentine's Day? Yeah. He said, I have a huge (laughs) surprise for you. And I was like, oh, my word. If it's huge, it probably is jewelry. Nope. It's a vanity license (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's got some red on it for love. Well, it's like a conversation uh, heart, yeah. but it's a license well, plate. It's a constant <laughs> reminder that my honey tries hard, I think. <laughs> hey, Maria, do you want to tell us about a vanity plate? About 10 years ago, my daughter was 12, and her and I were driving to a friend's house, and I saw a license plate. And at first glance, I was like, that is so funny. It says to Jesus. And she was like, Mom. That's Pegasus. <laughs> 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 Who would have that on their license plate, first of all? You thought it said be Jesus? No, Pudgesus. 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 I <laughs> don't know why. Some people just stick a P in there. You just see <laughs> Jesus wherever you are. Yeah, you're very spiritual. I love that about you. I guess. That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie's got a vanity plate mm-hmm. and she's got a good story behind it i have a license plate that says bubba five bubba five b-u-b-b-a yes five my dad got it for me when i was 16 because my childhood nickname was bubba Aww. because he wanted me to be a boy so he <laughs> called me Bubba. <laughs> so he got me this license plate when i was 16 and i still have it and i'm 39 now oh that's, that's cool the same license plate yeah, oh. the same ones, and everybody's like, don't you think you should change that now that you're an adult? And it's like, no. My mother employed food <laughs> to oh. get me to talk. I mean. That was how my mom, Claudette, brilliant woman, also an extrovert, mm-hmm. got me 
to talk to her. Now, you might think to yourself, wait a minute, why would two extroverts need help? Well, even though I'm an extrovert, she was still my mom. She's your mom and you're her daughter. And I still sometimes didn't want to talk to her about things, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, my mother, I think she could sense it. She could feel it like moms do. And so when she knew that there was something that she needed to talk to me about or I needed to talk to her about, she would take me shopping for mm-hmm. something little. Yep. I didn't really need it. And I probably didn't need to go, but I always found myself sitting in the front seat of the car going down Route 100 to one of our little malls where mm-hmm. I grew up. And we would get the thing that we needed. And then she would say, hey, let's go get bagels. Okay. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, you can bagels. buy me food. That sounds good. And for me, it was always a blueberry bagel with wild berry cream cheese. Mm. And my mother, it was always a cinnamon raisin bagel with maple cream cheese. Oh, yeah. And we would just sit in the food court and eventually it would come out. Whatever it was that Whatever was on your Whatever it heart. was that I needed to talk to my mom yeah. about, it would eventually come out because it was, it was calm. It was mm-hmm. non-threatening. It wasn't what it was about. It was about just sitting there with my mom and eating mm-hmm. a bagel that she paid for and enjoying the time. And then eventually it would just come tumbling out. And then I would get mom wisdom. And I know now, as I look back, it was a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> it worked. Why am I not surprised that, that food was the way to get you to talk? And shopping. Food and shopping. How, how, how do we get <laughs> our kids to talk to us about important things when they don't want to. Our friend Kelly has some pretty good advice on that. Just stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true as a mom. My kids are like, you're using too many words, mom. I think the theme and that you have like right along, even though everybody's is a little bit different, is quality time. Mm. And by quality time, it doesn't mean you have to go spend money or go to some big water park or something. You just have to be there and be around. Imagine my surprise. One of the hardest things about parenting is learning when to talk and when not to talk. (laughs) (laughs) How you want to get your kids to talk. We heard from one Kelly that said, you know what? You got to stop talking. And this Kelly also has some good advice. Mm, yes. Uh, yep. My daughter wanted to color her hair purple, and I was not really for that. And then I finally thought, you know, it's not really going to hurt anything. She's going to have purple hair. Yep. So I let her color her hair purple, which was quite fun. I did it for her. While we did it, we talked. And I realized that that was kind of a test to see what my reaction would be. And it opened up a whole nother world for the two of us to talk because she realized I didn't react to the purple hair in a bad, unpositive way. And it opened up a door for us to not a lot of things. I just say, choose your battle because you never know where that door is going to be. You are allowed to give parenting advice if your name is not Kelly. But so far this morning, we have heard from Kelly with great parenting advice. And then we heard from Kelly with great parenting advice. And now we have another Kelly with some great parenting advice. I lived kind of a rough life growing up and did some things I'm not very proud of. But I've always been honest with my kids. My son's 14 and my daughter's 22. Just kind of being able to relate to their experiences through the ages of growing and just being honest with them about who you were or who you are mm. gives them the opportunity to open up. My, my daughter and I have no secrets. 
from each other. That's nice. Was it scary opening up like that to your kids? Um, it was just because the past involved drugs and drinking. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just very bluntly honest with them when they have questions mm. so that they know what to expect and just told them not to make the mistakes that I made, you know? I think that's called wisdom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is. And, and hard lessons. They always choose the most inconvenient time to go off. You never have your smoke alarm go off at like five o'clock in the afternoon when everybody is standing up, walking around, you know, available to help. I I think they schedule them that way on purpose. (laughs) This one was at, oh, easily, oh, dark 30 Uh when I get up and I take a shower. It happened yesterday. And all of a sudden I hear it. It's just this peal, this loud noise. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what? And it must have been the steam, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why. Your steam set off the smoke alarm. I don't know. You might want to check your water out. What's evaporating up there? I don't know. It doesn't happen. I mean, it's ha- it happened two years ago, and then it happened yesterday. And so I'm... <laughs> And there's enough there's enough space in between the loud long beeps that uh-huh. you think maybe it's going to stop. Yeah, maybe you know? it's done. So you're standing there stock still hoping that that was only a once and done <laughs> thing, right? And then again it goes beep and you're like and so then I'm going standing in the hallway and I'm looking up at it. Uh-huh. And <laughs> inexplicably I yell Ben! <laughs> but Ben is sound asleep because it's oh dark 30. So it one more time, a third time. Beep! And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go get the step stool. I'm going to have to go figure out what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped. <laughs> it only did it three times. Just three, Just three, three. <laughs> big, loud, annoying beeps. And I bet Ben didn't even stir. Not even a mutter. I love these stories. They're like some of my favorite. What bump in the night did you hear? I've always been like a a real big kid in a little package. And I took my kids to Farley's when Farley's was still around. And I was all about winning stuff. Okay. I won this beautiful dolphin for my daughter. And I got a giant Godzilla for my son. Okay. Godzilla was inflatable. Uh huh, and he was very big, about six feet tall, and oh he goodness. sat in my son's room, and he was so happy. And but in the middle of the night, when you get up and you see a figure in your son's room, and you're thinking <laughs> somebody broke in, right? <laughs> I went over there and I started beating the living tar out of this Godzilla. <laughs> you fought Godzilla. I did. <laughs> and my kids pat me on the back. Mom, it's just Godzilla. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that there is uh, one surefire way to get grown adults to act like goofy children? Put them in front of dogs or babies. Yes. All of a sudden. <laughs> in specific puppies. Oh, the littlest is a puppy. I gotta go say a puppy. Grown people with jobs who know how to carry on a conversation. You put them in the company of puppies or babies and they just kind of melt and you immediately can i pet your dog (laughs) please so imagine our surprise and delight when when we did the beat the heat drive Mm -hmm. last thursday and a car rolls up and the window comes down and there's not one little face looking at us 
but two. Two little fluff monsters <laughs> just running around in there. Their tails all a blur. And their big, their big little white faces oh, yeah. were just so happy. And one was like 10 months and one was like eight months. Oh, yeah. They were puppy puppies. And they were so cute. And then they told us what their names were. And I thought Taylor and I were going to die in a giant puddle on the ground. It was the most perfect name for two dogs ever. Sarah and Abraham. Like in the Bible. <laughs> and I thought that was perfect. And she says, and we're going to get Isaac soon. Oh, boy. I'm like, no, you got to wait 90 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like salt and pepper, peanut butter and jelly. You know, it's a set. Yeah. It comes as a set. And sometimes when you have two pets, you get to name them as a pet set. You know, you get some ducks. You've got an adorable three-year-old grandson. So you've got Donald and Daisy. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Donald and Daisy. And Donald and Daisy do have friends that are another pet set named Mick and Minnie. And what are they? They're Cayuga ducks. And so they are black. And my grandson named them Mickey and Minnie because they're black because he's three. <laughs> <laughs> As their sweet little faces looked at me through the window, all I could do was yell, Taylor! Taylor! You have got to come see these dogs! And he did, and he came over, and they were two little dogs that were in a car of some wonderful people who came and donated to our Beat the Heat drive. Mm -hmm. And then their mom told us what their names were. Yeah. Sarah and Abraham. It was a pet set! And we love the idea of a pet set. If you've got a pet set, their names go together. Let us know. My pet set is Jack and Jill, a pair of Littermate Vishla dogs who are about two and a half years old. Oh, Vishlas. <laughs> yes. Are they good buddies? They are best buddies. She runs the show and he just walks around behind her and does whatever she wants him to do. Oh, it's just like <laughs> Taylor and Jen. <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience, that relationship usually works out well. You got a pet set name that you want to tell us about? My boys wanted a pet so bad, we adopted two mice from the ARL, and they had a little one and a big one, and they named them Truck and Trailers. (laughs) Of all the guesses I would have had about what to name two mice, Truck and Trailer was pretty far down the list. (laughs) It was adorable, though, because, you know, what do boys like to do? Play with trucks and in the dirt. Did they play with Truck and Trailer in the dirt? No, 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 they didn't. But we had to get, instead of one cage, you know, at a decent price, we had to get two cages. Naturally. Because the one started biting the other one's tail. Well, no. He's just trying to hitch up. He was trying to hitch up. That's his trailer hitch back there. (laughs) The idea... That Jesus took time to create sacred spaces to build relationships was something that I just read about at the end of last week. You'd think by this time in my life that I would have thought about (laughs) something that important. But maybe it was the way that the writer put those words that I was so struck by that. If you look at Jesus's life, the three years that he spent here on earth ministering, not one time in any of those stories Do you see him being hurried 
or rushed. Which is crazy because he knew he only had three years. Quote unquote only. True. There are people who have had ministries here on earth for decades and Jesus had three to change the world. And he was never rushed. Mm -hmm. Even when people came and running to him and said, you know, Lazarus is going to die. Please come. Or my daughter's going to die. Please come. And, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And even his mom, you know, this is going to happen, son. You need to do this. And Jesus was always unhurried, unrushed. But look at how we live our lives. I mean, I'm going to speak for myself because I have the only life that I'm living, you know, my own <laughs> life. I, I, I sometimes I feel like I can't, you know, a snake eating its own tail. I'm yeah. so busy. There are so many important things with big red lights flashing that you have to get done. But look at what Jesus did. Instead of being rushed, he spent the time to create relationships mm-hmm. and to talk to people marginalized or not. And love them. And I wish it hadn't taken all these years of my life, losing a marriage, losing a best friend recently, and reading those words for me to understand exactly what this means. What this means is that I and you are freed from the hurriedness of life. You're freed from being rushed. You're freed from the to-do list. And you're freed from all of that to take the time to stop and love people. Jen, I'm sorry. You don't get to be part of this one. I did, what? This this was a study done of people hey. 30 years and older. 30 years and older. Yeah. So, oh. you know, at 29 and a half, maybe in six months, you can be part of this conversation. Oh, in six months, I'll still be 29 and a half. It's weird how that works. <laughs> but there were a bunch of researchers who did some science. Oh, science! 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 About... How many things people hold on to from their childhood? Like you have those little nostalgic things like in the baby box. physical things? Actual physical things oh, from okay. your childhood. All right. They found the average adult over 30 years has held on to three things from their childhood. Only three? I think three's a lot. You do? I'm trying to think of things from my childhood that I, I could like go in my house and grab right now. And I can't... Like baby blanket, probably still at my parents. It doesn't like, have to be like toddlerhood. It could be, you know, anything from 17 and under. So anything, I still can't think of anything. Nothing? You don't I have don't know. any. What about that Rubik's Cube that's on your um, on your shelf? I got that recently. <laughs> you know what? I can think of one thing. Oh, oh, oh. My gym shorts. Oh, my goodness. Those gym shorts are I still, still have them. around. Listen, now that the elastic's gone, it's one size fits all. We have been talking about these gym shorts. There's no holes in them. Five years. They're the most comfortable gym shorts of all time. Why would I get rid of them? Science says that adults over 30, most of us have at least three things from our childhood, preteen years, Mm -hmm. that we've kept. When you first said that about the study, I thought, no, I don't think so. As I thought, I'm in my car, and as I thought about it, I have three things. In your car? No, I was thinking in my car. I have three things at home. Okay. But my first thing is a little leather bag that when we were on a vacation somewhere, where they like carved my name into it. You're like with leather. Oh, yeah. That's in my closet and nothing would fit in there. Nothing would fit in the bag? No, maybe bugs. And that's probably what I was putting in it when I was little because I would collect my bugs because I didn't have a pet. (laughs) Um, That I have a book called 
the Fawn Surprise. That was like my very first book that somebody like gave me and wrote in it. And my grandpa was in a um, really bad accident with Union Pacific Railroad and he had a lot of health issues, but I was scared of his cane and he made one for me. Oh my it word. Is the sweetest thing and it says Kelly on it. Like he put my name on it. Oh my goodness. It's not sweet. I still have it. Of course you he do. The, he put the little knob thing on the bottom of it and everything so that he had his and I had mine. Okay, tell us if science is right about you. Because science says adults over 30 have at least three things from their childhood that they still have in their homes. I have a Cabbage Patch doll. <gasps> Very nice. I have a rocking chair that oh. is... 49 years old, same age as I am. Oh, that's cool. And then I also have all of my hair from when I was eight years old. I'm sorry, what? Just from when you were eight years old? Yeah, it was all the way to my waist. I still have it in a book that my dad kept all these years. (laughs) My dad decided to keep it and... I didn't know he had it. Well, he passed away almost, been, it'll be five years this year. And I found it in one of his books that he had. And I was like, oh, there's my hair. <laughs> it was all of it. Hey, Ginger, do you have something sentimental that you've kept from your childhood? I have a bicycle I got for Christmas when I was about eight or nine. Uh-huh. And my dad passed away about four years ago. And when we were cleaning the car out, he still had the bike. Oh, are oh my you goodness. kidding? I, no. I have it because it's rusted and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the paints wore off and everything. So I have it as a lawn ornament. Yeah. That's oh. so good. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.